There are many roads to wisdom. Here is one of them. As we've been exploring in the last two lessons on intelligence and wisdom. Let's first actually explore the difference between intelligence and wisdom. Intelligence is knowledge and real understanding of knowledge. And wisdom is life smarts or what people call street smarts, but not in a cynical way, you know, making a good buck on the street. But Seichel HaChayim, the wisdom of life, understanding how to live. You see, people have this misconception that Torah tells you what to think. It doesn't. There's a lot of room for exploration. Torah teaches us how to think. And once a person explores Torah's values of how to think, the parameters of thought, the biases that you show up with, what to think is totally within your prerogative. There are no two Jews that think alike, and that's not only between secular Jews and religious Jews, um, people that follow different modes of thought, Litvak, Hasidic, etc. No. Two people with the exact same value systems will think differently. As the Talmud says, just like Hashem did not make us with similar complexion and faces, so too He didn't give us ways of processing knowledge the same way. Because that's really what wisdom is. It's how you process the knowledge you know. We could go to the exact same lecture. You could be listening to this podcast with another person who you love very much and is very similar to you, but it's impossible for you to process it the same way. Think of it almost like a computer. Each one of us computes, takes the data that's inserted in us and develops it differently based on our biases, our personality, and everything else. So Torah cannot tell you what to think. It's impossible because... What you think will very much be based on the personality. You can't script thought. Unless you're Kim Jong-un and you pretty much shut people's thought out. And people stop thinking and then you turn them into robots. But if you allow people to think, and that's a fundamental principle of Judaism, that you're supposed to think, the biggest mitzvah in Torah is learning, which by definition means thinking. So much so that if you study parts of Torah and you didn't understand what you're saying, you didn't do the mitzvah of Torah, Talmud Torah. There are certain parts of Torah that if you just read it, you've done the mitzvah. But there are other parts that if you don't understand what you're saying, you haven't done anything. And that's the majority of Torah. You have to understand what you're talking about. Otherwise, they're talking Chinese. And Torah is not about just saying words. It's about understanding. It's about having a worldview. So what to think is not scripted in Judaism. But how to think, in other words, how to approach something, how to uh, approach a subject, how to process it, that very much is given by Torah. So let's explore the how, how to think. See, because most of us don't separate what to think and how to think. We think it's the same thing. What do you mean? You're telling me what to think, right? You're telling me how to think, what to think. What's the difference? You're, you're, you know, you're getting caught up in minutia, in nonsense. But it's not. It's big stuff. I'll give you an example. As we explored in the previous lessons, each one of us shows, with, shows up with our biases. How to think 
is the process of, of showing up to the knowledge with humility, knowing that there's other people smarter than you, with parameters of thought, knowing that I cannot go beyond the pale. Like, if my thought leads me to the idea that I should do mass genocide, then I know it's gone too far, even if it leads me to kill one person. If my thought leads me to, let's say, say, um, here's a good example. It's a sad example, but it's a good example. Euthanasia. I've watched quite a few strong arguments for euthanasia to allow people the choice to take their life if they're suffering. Now, if I just am focused on what I think, so then I'll say, listen, that was a good argument. But if I focus on how I think, I say, one second, how I think has parameters. And the parameters is God says, never take a life. You cannot take a life. So the moment I know that Hashem says it's non-negotiable, I could hear the argument. I could even have compassion for the argument. I've heard medical professionals. I've heard loved ones. I've heard the stories of people suffering themselves. I've seen people suffer. I've stood at bedsides of people praying to Hashem to end their suffering or bring them back to health. But I can't pull the plug because what I think can never affect how I think. There are parameters. I have to show up with a strong value system. I have to show up with respect. I have to show up with dignity. I have to show up at the same time with a broad mind. It's almost as if Torah gives us a big circle, a huge circle, and says, don't cross this circle. You can't go beyond this. But within it, think and think and think, and I will not tell you what to think. So, for example, God says, don't serve idols. There is no other God. But other than that, he gives us very few parameters. What is he? And throughout history, Jewish mystics have debated this. Within Kabbalah, there's multiple opinions to really understand, at least as much as we could understand of God. Within the Hasidic community, there's multiple perspectives. Again, there are basic parameters. Nobody can lead. If anybody shows up and says, okay, I've come to to understand that God doesn't exist or that there's multiple gods, you've crossed the line. And by the way, this actually explains quite coherently the problem with the reform movement and the conservative movement, reconstructionist movement. And I'm being, com- I'm being very careful to say the movement, not the people. Because a Jew is a Jew is a Jew. Talking about the perspective. The problem with the reform movement is they came and said, let us change the foundations of religion. They crossed the line. They went beyond the pale. They said Shabbos is no longer important. Intermarriage is no longer problematic. I have full compassion for people and their understanding. In other words, someone shows up to me and says, I don't enjoy Shabbos. I get it. I don't judge the person. But I'm not going to say in good confidence, my dear friend, Shabbos doesn't exist for you. I had somebody reach out to me recently and give me a, a, a strong argument why somebody should get a discount on kosher. They can't afford it, they can't this, they can't that. I said, listen, I cannot change the religion. With all my compassion and my understanding of the cost of kosher chicken, I cannot 
if I have any sense of morality, come and tell you that Judaism now allows you to eat not kosher chicken. What you do is between you and Hashem, but you're asking me as a rabbi, as somebody who is supposed to give halachic positions based on Torah, you're asking me to change the Torah based on my empathy? What kind of person would I be? My empathy is my empathy, and it's there, and it's valid, and there's no judgment. But what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. And reform crossed, they crossed that line, and they started saying, no, what's right is not necessarily right, and what's wrong is not necessarily wrong. There are no rights and wrong, it's all subjective. And every few years they have a meeting, and based on where the world is moving, that's where they move the, the goalposts, they move the values. But what kind of game is it when you're constantly moving the goalpost? The issue where we have a reform, again, is not the people. If a, a, a person was born to a Jewish mother or converted to Koin Talacha and then practices Reform Judaism, they're 100% Jewish. But I, as an Orthodox rabbi, will never say that a Reform rabbi is a, is a rabbi according to Orthodox standards, that their halachic position has any value. It doesn't. Once they've crossed the boundary and they said that Torah is not absolute truth, once they cross the boundary and say that Torah is not necessarily godly and that Shabbat has room for maneuver, how can I say that's a rabbi? A rabbi, by definition, is somebody who has a Messorah, has a tradition going all the way back to Moshe. This person broke that tradition. Now, I'm not saying Orthodox rabbis are perfect. I, for one, am very unperfect. But what I do in my private life, trying to do the best I can each day and showing up, can never reflect my positions. My positions have to be ironclad, even if I am struggling sometime to live up to my ultimate position. Because as a rabbi, someone's coming and saying, what does Judaism say? They're not saying, what do you say? And when Judaism is speaking, I have no right to mix my weakness, my bias, my nonsense into it. My journey is my journey, but it doesn't change the truth. So these are all very important ideas because how we show up to knowledge will affect eventually what we think. You have to show up with knowing the parameters. You have to show up with respect, as we spoke about the previous lessons, for the ancient, for the ancient wisdom, for, for the great sages. You have to show up with a respect for 3,000 years of Jewish tradition. You have to show up with a clear mind, without agendas. You're not supposed to show up with an agenda to liberalize Judaism or conservatize. You have to show up and ask yourself, what does Torah tell me? And then allow yourself to explore within it. Once you have shown up the right way, acknowledging your biases, knowing you know the the parameters of thought then there is so much way to so much room to think and i know you might be thinking oh come on rabbi with all the caveats you just gave there's nothing left to thought that's nonsense if you've ever walked into a yeshiva and you saw yeshiva students argue and i'm talking about real academics people who can really learn you'll see polar opposite opinions you'll see passionate debate if you ever go to a rabbi's conference and you uh, listen in, you'll hear that there's very little that everyone agrees on, beyond, obviously, the parameters. And that's not a criticism. 
one of the things I'm so proud about, specifically the South African rabbinate, is how different we all are, but we all sit at the same table constantly. We are these days on the same Zoom sessions. We respect that each one of us is showing up with our own worldview, but we also know the parameters. So whether I'm a Chabad rabbi and somebody else is a Litvak rabbi, I'm a Chabad rabbi and a Litvak shul and another Chabad rabbi is in a Chabad shul and a Litvak in a Chabad shul, etc., etc. So we all have our personal bends and our personal biases and our personal perspectives and our personal realities, but none of us cross the line. And within the line, we argue, we debate, we fight with respect. But we, we, we rabbinic WhatsApp groups are the, some of the most lively WhatsApp groups I'm on. Again, because how you think and what you think is very different. On the contrary, I'll say this. The broader, the, sorry, the more comfortable you are in how you think, in the, how strong your values are, the more you will think out of the box. The more you will think. Because as I said yesterday's, in yesterday's class, the more comfortable you are in your positions, you're not scared to explore. Think about it like this. A ch- young child is walking away from their parent. And they're exploring. You know, I have a, thank God, we have a beautiful daughter, one and a half years old. And you just see how when she's feeling safe, she explores further. She walks away from you. If she's coming back all the time, that means she's feeling unsafe. Now, the parent who's clueless will say, oh my gosh, my child loves me. But no, at one and a half, the child is supposed to be exploring beyond one meter around you. They're supposed to be able to walk, obviously always looking back, but walking comfortable, secure in the love, secure that mommy and daddy are back there when I need them. It's the same thing with thought. The more comfortable you are with your values, you're not scared to move, to drive away, to explore. Obviously, looking back in the rearview mirror, making sure you're not leaving too far and that you're not crossing that line. And so ask yourself a simple question. How comfortable are you listening to this sheer? If some of the ideas I've said have got you really irritated, or you by now you're not even listening because you're like, okay, there go the rabbi goes again with his rants. Ask yourself, where was that coming from? Are you comfortable hearing an idea that is different? Are you comfortable with my perspectives? You don't have to agree with it. Not at all. I always used to tell my students in high school, you know, because if you think I started pontificating when I became a rabbi, I've been pontificating my whole life, uh, my whole adult life. And they used to say, so rabbi, are you trying to make a bunch of leviathans around you? I said, heaven forbid, that would be my ultimate failure. I don't want you to think the way I think. I want you to think how I think. In other words, I want you to have such a comfortable basis of where, who you are and where you're going that you should now be able to explore. But I don't want you parroting my ideas. I don't want you in saying what I say. Think, explore. So ask yourself a simple question. Are you comfortable with these ideas? Doesn't mean you agree with them. On the contrary, if you agree with everything I'm saying, then you're not thinking. Some might resonate more, some might resonate less. And that's good. But are you disagreeing from an intellectual place? Are you disagreeing from a moral place? Are you disagreeing because your mind is taking you in a different direction? Or because you're threatened by these ideas? Because they scare you? 
because they annoy you, because they tickle you, because they guilt you, then at least have the emotional integrity to sit there saying, I don't like this rabbi. After listening to this, you know, 15, 20 minutes drusha, you're trying to tell me um, I'm not good because I don't keep Shabbos. I never said that, by the way. I'm not good because I bind to reform. I never said that. But again, at least you're acknowledging it's not making me feel good. But feelings don't dictate ideas, just like we spoke about earlier about euthanasia. My feelings don't dictate policy. Same thing with abortion. You know, I, I, could, I could hear the arguments of people that say it. I don't think they're all evil. At the same time, I know the parameters. And unless the baby is endangering mother's life, you don't kill the baby. I hear all the arguments. I can understand it, even though I'm not a woman, so I, I can't really appreciate to an absolute degree, as we spoke yesterday, the argument of, it's my body. But I hear it. I don't think they're, they're shallow, evil people. But just because I agree with you emotionally does not mean I'm going to cross the river with you and go to the other side. No, because I know how to think. I know the parameters of my thought. And you're taking me into territory that's unsafe. You're taking me into territory that's not going to broaden my mind. It's going to make my brain fall out. So keep on thinking. Think, 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 think. And if you're not thinking, ask yourself, maybe I'm so scared of losing the little I have that I'm not willing to explore. But if you are comfortable, then why are you afraid? Think away, my friend. There is so much wisdom out there. There's so much to learn about life. Life is teaching us lessons every single moment of every single day. So let life talk to you. Just open your ears. It never, never quiets. Life is one big classroom and life is a teacher. And if you take your fingers out of your ears <laughs> and you take the sleeping pad off your eyes and you start looking and listening, life is there to teach you so much. Gosh, so much to process, so much to learn. So that's wisdom. Wisdom is showing up with a broad enough mind and a solid enough basis to let life talk to us. Because if you allow life to talk to you, you will discover the wisdom is right there. You don't need it from anyone else. No sage, no wise guy, no wisecrack can teach you life. You can teach yourself everything you need to know about how to live a good life. Just show up with your head on straight and humility and dignity and you'll be amazed by the lessons that life is teaching. Wishing you and yours a great day.